1: This is the Performance People podcast with me, Georgie.
2: And me, Ben. This pod is all about people who know about performance.
1: We're going to speak to some of the biggest performers in sport, entertainment, business and politics about how they got there and how they stay there.
2: And we'll talk to those closest to them about all the stuff we didn't already know about them.
1: You can listen to Performance People in the usual places where you get your podcasts or watch us on YouTube. And don't forget, you can always follow us on our Performance People channels.
2: For now, though, here's our latest episode.
1: As you may be able to tell, we have taken performance people on the road. We've ditched Wimbledon for the English countryside and for the once tranquil village of Chadlington in the Cotswolds.
2: You've got it. We're at Diddly Squat Farm, where Jeremy Clarkson has become TV host, farmer and all-round Lord of the Manor.
1: And in a fit of generosity, he's given Caleb the morning off tractoring so he can join the conversation.
2: These two performance people have become farming royalty. We're going to start this episode. We're going to go back 10 years. Georgie, you know this story. Caleb, you don't, and for, for the audience. That's because you was <laughs> too. I
0: was in a... Yeah, I was you, in you a were your nappies.
2: <laughs> Jeremy, you and I, this last time we did anything in front of the cameras, we were in New Zealand. Yeah. And we had this race. You were in a rent wreck Yeah. I think roughly 200 miles yeah. out Outback, New Zealand. It was around North Island. Yeah. And we were in a 45-foot racing boat. Yeah. About 100 miles by sea. Yeah. You were on your own. We had James May. I know. And we won. And I haven't seen you since, professionally. So, I haven't. Yeah.
3: I haven't. Yeah. No. It, was, it still remains one of the happiest days of my life. Because <laughs> okay. I said goodbye to James May in the morning. And he was James May, you know, just James May. And then, I don't know how long it took, Maybe eight or nine hours or something of yeah, that it nature. Took, it took a while. And I met him on the beach, the finishing point, on the other side of New Zealand, I have never seen a human being transform physically as much as he transformed that day. He, I mean, his face was swollen and tomato red, covered in sand and sick. And the man was, <laughs> he was exhausted, yeah. exhausted. Um, and, it, and it thrilled me. It was arousing to see that you'd very nearly killed James May.
2: <laughs> he had a terrible time. He hated I mean, it. it. <laughs> he it still hated says it.
3: it's the worst day of his life ever. <laughs> yeah. He did racing. call you,
1: he did call you Captain Misery. He's like, oh, that's all jumperboard. No, H-ms, HMS misery, misery. Not, with Captain Misery.
3: He'd me. saved a little okay. packet of peanuts. <laughs> which was going to be his lunch. And it just, I don't know how fast you go, 30 knots? Yeah, something, something like, like that. It's just getting spray. And it's as a catamaran, so you've just got the netting in between the two yeah. holes. And he's sitting, so it's coming up into his balls, into <laughs> his face, and he'd save these... Nuts, which is going to be his lunch, and it was like I was just. And he just took them out and a wave just went. <laughs> <laughs> and, took the whole and, just, and then didn't they lose a camera? I think they lost a camera. Oh, we lost and it. Yeah, we lost just, and then he couldn't even film them <laughs> Yeah. So he couldn't even see the misery that he was. We were trying to convince him because
2: the rest of the crew were all sitting up high, out of the out of the waves. Said, you know, get, James, come on, get get up out of the out of the spray. No, 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 I'm I'm good here. I'm good here. So they like say eight nine hours just constantly. It's, getting pelted. Just All the sun cream came waves. off. <laughs>
3: yeah, anyway, great. I've always loved you ever since that because you were the man who made James May miserable for nine hours. Even <laughs> I haven't been able to manage that.
4: <laughs> Caleb, are you a boat person? Do you like boats? Never on a boat. Never. i tell tell you a show. went I went to, went to um, for my six-year anniversary, my other half. I went to Stratford and she bought me a dinner on a boat. Went on a barge, went down the Went down, turned back round and come back.
3: He's also never been in a taxi, on a train. <laughs> On a bus and an aeroplane.
4: No, no, I don't need to. I just don't need to. Why do I need we took to took him in a
3: helicopter the other day, oh. and as we got in he went, do I need a passport? Like, no, we're only going to <laughs> look around the farm. I didn't just know. come back again.
4: I, was, uh, I actually, at the start, I was very nervous. Mm. And, and um,
3: now you want one. Oh, yeah. What, a passport or a helicopter? <laughs> a helicopter. I don't want a passport. I don't need the passport.
4: Have you got a passport?
3: No. never been abroad.
4: I'm guessing, I was told the other day, if I got one, I think the first one's free, isn't it?
3: (laughs) It's not the cost of the passport, people consider It's the ability to go places with one. I don't need to. What
1: what about if you've got, like, a book signing in New York one day or something like that? I wouldn't go there.
4: (laughs) No intent to go to New York. I'll just go to Chippy Norton, Jaffa Neal. I like it there.
3: (laughs) Honestly, when I met him, which is only, what, three or four years ago... It was more than that. Never... Well, yeah. whatever. But you'd never been... Yeah, it was because it was pre-COVID, wasn't it? Mm. Um, COVID's just taken two years out of everybody's mm, timings. Has. You go, it was two yeah. years ago. You think, oh, no, it can't have been. I spent all the COVID.
4: COVID lockdown with you, pretty
3: much. you Yeah. Farming. Exactly. yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm messing with you. Never been really outside of tripping Norton at all.
4: No, you sent me to London for the second time. Yeah. For the Wasabi, which was awful. So have you been back since? Yeah, I went to the NTAs. And how was that...? Awful
3: national television awards.
4: <laughs> I thought it meant national tractor awards, and I was well up for
3: it. But <laughs> it wasn't up. national no, tra- um, television awards. It's a collection of orange people milling around, coming oh, out a to lot the A lot of orange. A lot of orange. A lot of orange people. Um, yeah, if you've got it all there
4: on on your doorstep, why do you need to go anywhere else? Exactly. I mean, everything yeah. can chip in Chipping Norton. You know, the, for the shops, the you know, the people, the fam. My family's there. I don't need to go anywhere else. My work. You know, my work is. You know, Chipping Norton's there. All my work is around it. I'm, do- I'm very Job I'm done. very happy. Don't a-
1: Jeremy, you, on the other hand, very well travelled. Yeah. Travel all the time. Mm. Wasn't it on a flight back from Heathrow? I think I've read this in one of your columns that you're on a flight back from Africa, maybe, and you were coming into Heathrow and you thought, I've got a decision to make. I can either turn left and go to the Cotswolds or yeah. I can go right and go into
3: London. That was just, it was coming back from, I can't even remember where we were.
4: Hang on a minute, why didn't you go to London?
3: <laughs> it, so was it was extraordinary was up, I think we were in Mozambique and it was no it wasn't it was Dar es Salaam just remembered so Zanzibar and we were coming back and there'd been all that rumblings about Covid and it was it was you know is it coming and what have you and at Heathrow we got in the car and it was do we go right to London and the weather forecast was good so I said you know we've got all our hot weather clothes because we've been in Zanzibar we'll go to Chippy Norton. and I've only spent what three nights in London since then. Probably, hardly ever go at all now. Do you show. miss it at all? Oh, I love London. I think it's a great place. But you know, and it's just quite nice to go there and have oysters and things that you can't get here, um, and, and see people who don't wear those shoes. Um, <laughs> What's wrong with these? Well, it's you know. So you the, like London? You don't wear brown in you town. You can have oysters. Don't wear brown in town. Why? That's the rule. Why? Don't, don't wear brown shoes in London. Why? I don't know. It's just a rule. No brown it's a in town. Stupid rule. Well, it's there. <clears throat> so anyway, it's quite nice to see people in black shoes. From time to time.
4: No, I'll wear black shoes.
3: Yeah. Do you don't have to go to London. Which I can't wear black shoes. No, you can't. I have to wear so, these.
1: So I guess the best way to sort of work this through is to think about it in terms of life before Clarkson's Farm and life after Clarkson's yeah. Farm, because it seems like for both of you, it's had sort of these these differing impacts. So, Jeremy, what was a typical day like before Clarkson's Farm? Oh,
3: go to Heathrow. Always, it always began with get up very early, go to Heathrow, go through Terminal Five, which I could do with my eyes shut. Get on a plane. I mean, there was times that we were checking in with Richard Hammond and James May from Grand Tour, and honestly, it would happen quite a lot. They go, "Where are you flying to today?" and we'd look at each other and go, I "Haven't got <laughs> I a clue. No, no, be somewhere <laughs> ridiculous. Like yeah, yeah I, I don't know, know where I'm <laughs> just going. Get me on a plane. But just look, there's a ticket there. It can say where we're going, and then we go and go, oh no, we go. To Egypt <laughs> Singapore oh, there you go um so I mean I always used to write the things, so I sort of knew what the stories were, but I never knew what order we were filming them in, so I didn't really know where we were going anyway, and then that was my day oh dog interruption dog <laughs> interruption <laughs> yeah. and no, that was my day, really it was and then or I'd fly back sometimes you'd fly back, have time for five minutes, and then get on a plane again, yeah. whereas now. Get up, have a cup of coffee with him. Talk about wheat, (laughs) the weather. Talk about the weather. The weather's a big one. Talk about farming problems. Argue about our tractors. Talk about the council, and then that's it, really. And then go go out. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my life hasn't really changed at all, to be honest. Oh, Oh, Caleb, that can't be true. (laughs)
4: All right, then. Okay, so I get up in the morning, normally about six six thirty. Go and feed my calves, go and go and do my pigs, go and check the animals around the, you know, whichever farms I'm looking after. And then go and go, right, what am I doing now? Okay, today I'm gonna to go cultivating. And then normally have a chat with him about some stupid idea that he wants yeah. to do.
3: Yeah. And then and you go so you can't do it because you've got to go to bath to do an after dinner speech.
4: Hear me out. Hear <laughs> me out. I've got busier. I have got busier. And then I would then finish finish the farming, and then go and do a an evening with Caleb. And what does that entail? Just me on stage with someone else talking a lot. Has that
2: has that been though that because it's quite different, isn't it? It's very, I mean, very different. But I like it.
4: I like you know, I like telling the story. What I like about it. So I did one on on last Friday. I did a uh, an event in Bath with me and there was 1100 people turned up and majority of them were very young kids, you know, 12 year old, 12 to, you know, 24, you know, my, you know, my age group. And what I like about it is how I tell my story, how I started with three chickens to where, you know, you know, having a very successful contracting business, nothing in terms of the television, no, this is all happening. And then seeing the kids face at the end and going, mom, can I have some chickens? That is what I get my adrenaline from, getting them kids out there. And just doing something that they wouldn't normally do instead of, you know, get up, go to school, come home, sit on the sofa, do nothing. Where instead now they're going up, they're getting up, they're going to school, they're going to go and get the chicken, they're going to go and try and sell the eggs. It's, just, it's a hard thing, actually, trying to convince someone to buy your free range eggs, you know, with, without a stamp on them. It's quite a hard, you know. Yeah. And um, that's what I get my buzz from, I think, you know, just from standing up and telling my story and how I started and knowing, damn well, leaving there and going, them, them kids in there are going to have the, the motivation
2: to get out there and get a job. But what? So that's insp- great, inspiring youngsters. But what inspired you to get into it?
4: I don't know money. <laughs>
2: It's as good Fair a motivator enough.
4: as any. Well, it's just, I wanted to but try. And take, an, uh, I wanted my but,
2: own farm. I mean, your Jeremy's obviously master in this program, Jeremy's of, boss. Uh, yeah, You're Jeremy's boss.
3: <laughs> but who, you know, who did you yeah, let? Who do you let the 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 trade world world. From? Paid Well, yeah.
1: they're like master and apprentice, and apprentice and master, aren't they? They're both doing it's it for each wrong other. It's the way
3: round. I am definitely. The, he is my young apprentice, but he knows more about it than I do. So I'm not your weird. young apprentice. Well, you're young. I'm young, and I pay you wages. You pay some of my wages. So, oh, weird, I should be paid
4: looking after you. Oh,
3: you wait, are I paid am. for looking after me. I am actually. Yeah. Let's
1: put it this way: What have you learnt from Jeremy?
4: Editing, television, <laughs> and a bit of geography.
3: I know where Africa is now.
1: <laughs> Jeremy, what have you learnt from Caleb? Oh, you know,
3: the list goes on and on and on. I still haven't learned how to attach anything to the back of. I don't tractor. think you ever will.
4: Truthfully, you're not going to learn that. That's a skill you're not going to pick up, okay? We're, we're getting it there. I'm doing it forever for the you. The
3: problem is in life, if you're me rather than him, is you have to know, for example, the CCTV system at the farm, there's an app, there's an app for everything, there's an app for the hawkston Delivery thing in there, there's an app for everything, and you have to know how all that works. You go into the plant room here, which runs all the water and what have you, and you have to know which is the spring water, which is the bore water, you have to know... How to get into Mali? Where the terrorism is most likely to strike? If you're in Nigeria or Niger or wherever, you have to know all these things. And then when it comes to how do I attach that tractor, there simply isn't the space in my head. But I know to all of them things.
4: Not the terrorism part of stuff, but I know where the water and the spring water and the bore water comes in. I don't know the say well, I don't know how to get onto the CCTV, but I don't intend to look on it because I don't want you to get up to it at night. But, um, you know, I know all of that, I just don't know where the terrorism in...
3: in... No, I know, but I mean, there's a lot of things that you have to think about all the time. And then I just haven't got the capacity, and I'm just not practical. That's the problem. I mean, some people, he's one of them, and there are people like this in the world, who can look at, at a, an attachment there and an attachment here and think, oh, I can see how that goes together... Yeah. I just... You're not that person. You can't. What are you
1: talking about? Absolutely terrible at anything household You can tell the wind direction and the wind speed, but yeah, you yes, can't. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, Navigate the weather and sailing, but not... There, might be, there might be some right, truth right, I reckon I could be a
3: sailor. Oh, yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> oh, I could. Well, we get, we'll get you to come down. Come down. I wouldn't to, be like James I'm coming for a it. Us, so.
4: like, I don't know about that, Caleb. Kind of. No, nah, trust me.
3: I've got it in my bones. Yeah. sailing? I feel it. We'll sign you up. Norton, famously near the sea... In fact, I don't Landlocked. Can you bring <laughs> one of your boats to like well, look, Ellen, Ellen, lakes?
2: Ellen, Ellen MacArthur,
3: Derbyshire, you know. True. Most landlocked No, I think we're about country. as far from the sea yeah. here as it's possible to get. Yeah. Meridian, so it's so. about 70 miles to Western Sea. Yeah, but
1: interesting, you are using a lot of things that are, I mean, farmers, obviously, the variables of the weather mm. and always thinking about... I know, when, when the
3: winds too high, it' stop spraying. Yeah,
1: that's not a million miles away <laughs> from how you have to apply I yourself to sailing when you're reading the wind and everything else. you.
3: Um, no, it's true. I mean, no. I'm, the, the spraying. So I look out of the window now. Could we go spraying today? Mm. If what would the you leaves, say? if I would say yes, you can. If the leaves are moving in the tree, you can spray. If the branches are moving, you can't spray. I've to you well, young yeah. one, Our old one. So, but I'm looking today, and I'm saying leaves. Really, the branches aren't moving, so you'd be okay for spraying.
4: Be fine. But
2: yet, so it's an interesting point, though. How much do you guys get into the data of, of, of farming, or is it just gut? Is it just got, you've grown up a bit, you know? I've, just, like well, I've been farming. Loops, or do you actually quite look at a
4: the big weather thing, The other day I was thinking, I've been farming for 11 years now. How long have you been farming?
3: For? Not that long. I it's mean, I'd only bought the farm in 2008 and I paid no attention to it until, when was it? That was the best time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I was in London. Well, I wasn't, I was in Terminal 5. <laughs> but it existed and then I started. When did I start? Three years ago. Yeah. Hmm.
4: What
1: was that conversation like, Caleb, when Jeremy came to you and said, I've decided that I'm going to do this myself so old, with your the, help?
4: So the guy that I was working for retired. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I've got, a, I've got a contracting business. I'll go and f- focus all my time on that and try and grow that. And then he came along. He was like, Caleb, I'm going I'm to farm this myself. You know, I was like, what? He was like, I, I think I could farm this myself. We haven't got how, you know, the old guy that was farming this. And... um I was like, again.
3: What? I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to understand how. And then it he was works.
4: like, "Can I? Can I? Yeah. Would you be interested to come along and help me, and we could do this together?" I was like, "What? <laughs> really?" No, he wasn't
3: You're... very happy.
1: Do you think you underestimated the size of the challenge?
3: Yeah, no, I did because I, in my head, I thought, right, we've been farming for twelve thousand years as a species. I mean, it must be in our DNA now. It just must be. Yeah. You could, if if humankind does something for twelve thousand years. <laughs> You have to have an understanding. It's like eating and breathing and having sex. It's just, you don't have to be taught how to do it. It's just obvious. And I really thought you'd just go along, put seeds in the ground, some weather was going to happen, and then you'll get food. And how hard can that be? Well, I mean, I've just been staggered at how difficult it is and how badly paid it is. Mm. Um, And now, of course, we've got even more problems. I mean, there's a genuinely interesting thing we're doing this year, I think it is anyway, is because you've got all the different ways of growing food. So we've, we're growing wheat all the way down from, well, it's a couple of miles, isn't it? Probably mile and a half, yeah, two miles right. or something. In all the different fields, all in one great strip. But we're doing it differently in each one, with regenerative farming, spraying normally, planting wheat after we grew Echium last year, and all these different ways to see. Because, I mean, the fact of the matter is, the, the government subsidies are all going. They'll be gone completely in three years. Three years, ago, three years. So there'll be no money from the government at all to help grow food. None. And then they said, well, we're going to give public money for public good, which is a slogan that doesn't mean anything. And then, so we didn't know what it meant, so you don't know what you're supposed to do, what scheme to get into, and where. you just don't know. And then they said, oh, no, actually, we do want to grow food. So the government keeps changing its mind, it changes its mind as often as it changes its prime minister. Um, (laughs) And then you don't really know what you're doing. So I am actually starting to pay a lot more attention to What should we be doing? Because you want to grow. If all farmers said, you know, one of those um, anti oil people, I can't remember which um, group he's from, Judean People's Front, People's Front of Judea, one of those. And they just go, just stop farming. In a protest the other day, he said, farming's the biggest problem with global warming of anything. Just stop it. All right, let's just say every farmer stopped farming. What would you eat tonight? Nothing. What would you? He wouldn't be able to eat. I bet he's a vegan. Yeah. There's no, it, it, no common sense. To yeah, well, he's got. He's got Why father, don't you stop
4: light air? Go on your
3: beds. Go on your beds. But no. So there's a lot of things to pay attention to in the modern world. So while Caleb can go out and track to to his heart's content, mm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, but what are we supposed to be doing? And then, of course, you've got the council on your back the whole time. Well, I have. You have.
1: But you made a really good point about that in series one because when Charlie came to you and produced this sort of spreadsheet that ended up telling you that you'd made 144 quid or something mm. for that year, mm. it's like, what are you going to do if you're a farmer that doesn't have an Amazon deal, well, that doesn't have the millionaire programme and doesn't have a column?
4: No, I know. Then what? Well, they normally work on another job as well. Farmers. Yeah. Farmers. All farmers, I know, normally work on another job. Like what other jobs? Tr- truck driving. You know, you can literally do your animals in the morning, go and jump on a truck, drive a lorry back and forth, get back at five, six, whatever, and then do your animals again, then go to bed. But that's but it's such a grueling, another wage in. That's
3: such a grueling gig, It's Honestly, it? it's very difficult.
4: Every farmer, I mean, every farmer out there has got
3: three or four jobs probably. But
2: like you say, when these subsidies stop, then Ooh. what's going to happen? Because what sort of percentage of revenue are those?
3: Well, they've a, they were two years ago. You got, for, there's a thousand acres here, so you got a basic... Payment of just for having the land of eighty something thousand a year. I know that sounds. Oh, I've got eighty thousand. What are you are moaning about? But, you know, take your expenses out. You know, you've by the time you if you buy a tractor. Yeah, a tractor's a hundred thousand pounds. Any bit of just a bit of that cow crush we bought, mm-hmm. which is just a literally a metal fence, ten thousand pounds. So it sounds like a huge amount, but actually the farm will just eat it in seconds. Yeah, yeah. with every time you have to buy anything. It's your eighty thousand pounds is gone, and then it dropped twenty percent the first year, and it's dropped twenty percent again this year, and it'll go in five years to nothing. So farmers, because the the idea was that governments around Europe and the world actually paid farmers to grow food to feed people, because they knew if you went to the supermarket and had to pay what food had cost to grow, people would would riot. Mm. I'm not spending six quid on half a dozen eggs. Well, Well, that's how much. Or milk—that's how much it costs to make. So all food was subsidised by governments via the farmers. And now uh, somebody's decided that's not going to happen anymore in the UK. So I mean, there's Royal Mail said, "Well, buy our food from abroad," but they did that in 1939, and then the U-boats came.
4: Well, they, they so, basically turned around and said, "Look, grow—you know—grow wild flowers and stuff like this," which is brilliant. You know, lovely, lovely to look at, fine, but. You take a hundred acres of wheat out and put it into flowers. That's a you know a hundred acres is going to supply what three hundred tons of wheat. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of food. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, what's
1: the answer for farm? Like, what's the future of farming in your opinion? Um, close
3: down DEFRA. Literally close it down. Send them all home. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how many hours of the day you haven't seen the cows. <laughs>
4: Oh, I've got cows, I know. No, I
3: know, but you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. So when a cow's born, you've got to tag it, which means basically you give it earrings. (laughs) And then you've got to marry those numbers in its ears up to its mother's number. And then, which takes a long time, and it's really difficult to do. And then you've got to phone it all through to Defra, who actually start the thing by saying, we're all working from home. And you're like... (laughs) really and then when I finally got to the end of it you haven't seen this and you have to give your CPH number or CFH CPH CPH number number. to read it out and the the machine can't recognise it You read it over and the day's going by now and it goes I'm sorry but your phone number doesn't match up to the number I'm like well (laughs) start again yeah yeah The amount... And you've got three
4: days to do that as well. Normally you're carving cows, so therefore you're doing the buckets, you're making sure the mum's okay, you're bedding down, you know, so it's a day.
3: (laughs) And you've got to spend a day with someone who can't be asked to go to work on the phone talking to a recorded message. And it's not... I mean, that happens on so many levels. There are so many things. Oh, you can't do that because... And there's... It's just extraordinary. I mean coming up the drive every day if I see somebody coming in a pickup truck it's somebody coming to do a job of work they're coming to mend a fence or fix the garage the tractor one door or it's him or Kieran his brother or whatever it is if it's a Vauxhall a rented Vauxhall you know it's someone from the government who's come to tell you to stop doing what you're doing and it goes on and on and on and on and the first thing that would help farmers is if Defra let farmers get on with it. Because how many bad apples are there? Farmers? Uh, a few. You get the
4: odd one or two. You're going to but get the odd one. The farmers not out there to harm <laughs> animals to no. yeah. you know, destroy the you know, what gets me about farmers? We've got a lake down the bottom, haven't we? You know, yeah. The,
3: yeah.
4: yeah. So who well, a pond, a lake, whatever, yeah. But who pays for that to be maintained for the animals and the you know, the environment? You. Farmers. Yeah. No, no one else is doing that. So if farmers are that bad, why are they paying out their own money to go and you know build a lake or dig pond, put a dam in? You know, in the woods.
2: So now you you've got this amazing voice. Is that do you feel a responsibility to work with NFU and take on Defra and so on to get some of these (sighs) to become proper
3: farmer role models? You're so busy fighting them or not fighting. You're so busy dealing with them, ticking the the boxes that they ticking the boxes. You haven't got time to go and. Say, you know, what, what are you doing with them? They're not even working there. No, go go on your bed. On your bed. Or sit. One of the two. Come sit. on. Sit. No. You say, I haven't even got time to train the dog. Not even the dog wants to listen. Not even the dog. Yeah. But it is, I mean, farming is going to oh. be a problem. But it, that's why, I mean, without wishing to blow smoke up his bottom, it is nice that you get Caleb who, what are you, 24 now? 24, yeah. Yeah, he's coming along and there's going to fight. And I actually think he probably will be able to work out how to make it pay. But sitting where I'm sitting, I there's no, not a cat in hell's chance. I mean, do you know how much that cow enterprise costs to set up? All oh. building the barn, buying the cows... 150? ...buying the crash.
4: 180?
3: 240,000.
4: Wow. That's a long time to pay that back. If you, if, yeah. So if
3: you want to build a barn, buy how many cows do we buy? 19 cows, breed them, vets, bills, food, bedding, you know, giving them a house... Find the equipment you need, fencing, two hundred it's a quarter of a million pounds.
4: That's when that's when a farmer doesn't take a wage though. Yeah. You know, that's he cannot take a wage on that.
3: And then when I'm working you know that myself, you're going to get myself. When
4: I'm feeding my calves in the morning. So I bought eight calves. I'm buying it's like a little bit of a new business idea that I'm doing. Buying calves in and then, you know, feeding them on milk, which cost me about two hundred pounds a calf, and then selling them at nine months for trying to get a profit, trying to see if it will work, you know. Anyway, but I looked I worked it out the other day. Do you know how much my hourly rate is? I get paid I pay myself for doing them calves. What is it? 50p an hour. Oh. That's, that's no. and then I can make money. But if I put myself at £10 now, I don't make money. I lose money on the calves. You've got a
1: really entrepreneurial street, haven't you though?
4: Yeah, I'm really. Yeah. It's weird actually. When I was in school, I could sit, you know, I, I didn't like school, but I'd go and sit in maths and they'd going, right, what's ten times ten? I'd be like, yes. But get me out there and go, right. Caleb, you've got eight cows. Eight cows, and no, I'd
3: say <laughs> no, you're right. You know, which absolutely right. Eight
4: cows plus, you know, whatever. How many is it straight away? Bang. Yeah. Or work out if you've got Caleb, you've got thirty eggs to sell. Yeah, this week. Yeah. How much money are you going to get? Well, you know, you work out at twenty five p. You know, you put them into sixes. How many sixes? You know, I could just do that. I could do the maths and do the and do the money. But when it comes to sitting in a classroom and adding up and
1: because you're practical and you're interested in it. Well, I'm interested in making yes, money. So I, I want to make as much
4: money as I can but you to don't, buy my farm. you don't
1: like sheep, and I want to know why you don't like sheep oh, and what your problem list. is with sheep. What's your problem with sheep?
4: I mean, basically, a sheep's I mind... I can answer that. A sheep's mind has is, is, is got, got two things on its mind all the one. time. Well, two. <laughs>
3: one, killing itself.
4: Yeah, that, that <laughs> is one of the two.
3: Yeah, what's the other one?
4: Well, in a way... Get yeah, it so it
3: can kill itself. Well, yeah.
4: But I mean, basically, it wants to get, you know, you put it in the best field ever, lovely grass, and it goes, right, this is lovely. I'm going to go and kill myself now. <laughs> Where's a fence? There it is.
3: Now, somebody told me or sent me a video the other day of um, a sheep that had deliberately put its head in some stock fencing. It got stuck there. And then a badger came and was eating it as it was stuck from the back. What's the sheep thinking? And the sheep is... Oh. But no, its face not was like... Not a lot like, at that point. I am being eaten. But it had a completely resigned look on its face. Do you ever see that in nature documentaries? <laughs> when laugh, really. when there's a deer yeah. being eaten by a lion, it's always going, being eaten by a lion. <laughs> <laughs> but a sheep thinks like that. It was just... it, was, and it this goes, yes, good. I've done it. Yeah, but Brilliant. They, I've, it's but- not, not just dying... A sheep wants to die in the most gruesome and revolting way possible. Yeah. It wants maggots to come really. It loves that. <laughs>
1: but as much as you don't like them, there was some real poignancy with you and those sheep. I mean, you got I know I know in the end they ended up on the dinner table. But yeah, there yeah. was but in the on the journey that got them there, there was some real we like sort of, Wayne. They're and quite and touching moments.
3: Oh, they, were, they, were the, they were the Rams, Wayne yeah. and Leo. Yeah. Well, we still got um Leo. Wayne obviously died, but because it just went, oh, I need to die today. I'll well, <laughs> twist my intestine round, Lovely. And then it was dead. Um, but even in death, they were annoying... I had to kind of load it up. I at the, mutt, oh my, the, the Remember, I ate the muck yeah, yeah. of those three that went off. God, I got hot. <laughs> he was really mad. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Never again. So I was like, even in death, <laughs> they're being annoying. <laughs> was properly
4: And it was when Wayne work. died and we rang the vet to see what well, right, we've got to find out what's actually killed Wayne now. So you I think it was you who rang the vet and he was like, Look, bring a bag. We've got a you know, a, this dead sheep, we have got a bag up, can you do a an autopsy and find out what's wrong with it? And the vet turned up with this tiny little bag and he's like, well, I thought you meant it was a lamb. And I was like, no, mate, it's, it's a ram.
3: <laughs>
4: and he bought this tiny bag and he's trying to put it in and he could fit the head in it. And I was like, look, so I had to go and get, you know, it was half a day I spent trying to get that, that sheep up into a back no, of his... it
3: was, sheep are really difficult. Yeah. They're, they're surprisingly difficult. The escaping is quite, because that's the other way, you do give them a really good field and all they do is want to get out and go and graze on the road so they can be run over and burst. That's what they <laughs> yeah. do. They're just unbelievably I annoying. take,
4: if so I know how I do my, my talks, going back to the talk, I go, right, before I start going about sheep, if you do your sheep farmers in the audience, can you put your hand up? And they normally go, you there. And I get up and bow to them. I'm like, you need that. That is what <laughs> you need. Your day-to-day job is that hard. You've come to have an evening here, sitting down for an hour, and you're going to go back and all your sheep are going to be out. Fact.
1: I feel like you don't need to, but do you ever give Caleb any advice on to how to handle those sort of public speaking or uh the fame game or any of that? Do you ever no, point I mean, him in the right direction on that stuff? he's very
3: because he's a, even though he doesn't know anything i do quite he's got quite an inquiring mind so yeah you know when you first start and it's it's something like commercial activity it's very tempting when you what were you mm. twenty two twenty three yeah. people come along and say Do you want to have this money for doing this? And I would say, you need to be very careful. For every £100 you earn um, commercially, you'll lose in the long term £100,000 because your career will, I mean, I'm still here. What am I, 62? So I've been 40 years, I suppose, doing it now. And I'm still here because I never took, you know, you pay for your watch, you pay for your car, you pay for your shoes, you pay for everything. And No one can ever accuse you of taking the corporate shilling and then I explained this, and he was a bit sort of what? <laughs> but I said honestly, it will pay off in the end. Mm. Once you've got credibility, if you start messing around with people's heads and going, buy this amazing new seed, you, you there's a yeah. yeah so yeah. it's tricky. So he's but he is very interested, aren't you, in that kind yeah, yeah. of thing? Yeah, Because it's it's so easy to be swayed. You get an agent, the agents on the phone, mm. and they come and open this, and you think, and that's fine. I get paid fifty quid and. You go and then you just think, oh God, do I want to be opening super And you don't. You want to no, be farming. No. I want to be farming. I spend eighty-five percent of my time out there. You said yeah.
2: that's the goal, right? To have your own farm.
3: Yeah, that is so my that's that is
4: my dream. Brilliant. So Ian. you know I mean, what you when want to get you know at the start when I become when Clarkson's farm came out for the first time and I said, look, Jeremy needs some advice. You know, people are offering me a lot of money. This could potentially buy a farm, and he was like, look, give me the advice. You know, you give you give me good yeah. advice. You know, and I'm very grateful wait, for that. Wait, wait. And um, I was like, yeah, I could buy my farm. And then he was like, wait, wait, wait. So I turned everything down.
3: And I tu- I'd still turn a lot of stuff that's down. That's very
1: brave, isn't it? Um, it takes it is a lot brave, to do that. But you
3: know this, because you're from the television world. How many presenters have you seen take the corporate shilling the last 18 months? Yeah. Hmm. And then they're gone. I mean, think of all those names that were pretty much household names. in I don't know, the 80s or the 90s or the noughties. And then you just go, oh, I remember Well, look them. at well,
1: reality TV stars, yeah, right?
3: They come along, they open a load of supermarkets, and they're gone. If they're, well, reality generally, well, that's... <laughs> This Although that's you. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a reality yeah, show. Yeah, But, you know, there's, you've got to just be careful and go, I've mm. got a skill set and my skill set is farming, and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I can write books about it. I can appear on television doing it. And yeah. if everything's real and honest and sensible, you'll go on and on and on and on and on. And, on, and the longevity is what pays ultimately, not a short burst of success.
1: Have either of you seen Below Deck?
3: No. I'm aware of it. And all I think is right if they've got the cameras into a boat, it's not real.
1: Okay, so on and below deck they're wearing deck.
3: microphones, and you're on a boat. That means you're going. To, no one can fall in the sea without somebody saying, "Whoa, stop!" Can I just put an aquapack on your microphone? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but on below deck, sound they've sound got this very.
3: Exactly what I'm about, Caleb. They've
1: got this very glamorous crew, right? <clears throat> it's a very glamorous crew, and you're sort of watching the, you know, the way in which they live their lives and it plays out with various revolting guests that turn up on board the boats and, you know, it's all super yacht, mega yacht world. But my point being is that you kind of see the superficial, you see the surface of that, you don't see what's going on Mm. completely behind the scenes because you never get to meet an engineer on that Mm. programme. I don't believe a word of it anyway.
3: So somebody comes on board that boat, they've chartered the boat, they come on board the boat, there are cameras everywhere and what, they're going to behave... You're not going mm. to be yourself, are you? If you know oh, the yeah. cameras are on you, you're not...
1: But with the farm, is it what we see? Is it just, is it this gang of people? Or how many more people are there behind the oh, scenes no making one. this I mean, thing you happen? See all, you see everyone,
3: don't you? <clears throat> there's no one else. I mean, truth be told, you wouldn't need it. There's him. I mean, you could do this farm Yeah, I could do it on yourself. my own, yeah. You could I do didn't... it easily on his own. And I'm just trying to learn because I want to know What they
4: say in terms of the farming, the farming world is 600 acres is one man's work. So that is everything from cultivation, drilling, spraying, combining. I mean, in the summer months, you you know, you get someone else in just to sit on another tractor mm-hmm. for you and help you out. But 600 acres is one man.
3: And what do we farm here? 540? Yeah,
4: it? so well, it's a bit more than that, isn't it? It's 560, isn't it?
3: Whatever it's that sort
4: Anyway, of thing. Um, and then the, the other half of the farm is grass. So technically there's management there as well. So, you know, in terms, I could probably do the whole thing.
0: Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
3: On my own. But then you've gone into your... Well, I want to learn, which is what the program was about. And then you do... We both need Charlie, actually. Yeah, Charlie, I mean... Charlie's knowledge of... On a
4: 1,000 Acres, there's a lot of paperwork as well. And even I don't even understand the paperwork. I can do the passports or the crops and everything like that and the cows. But when it comes to a certain thing, I mean, you need 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 someone like Charlie Charlie on a farm. And every farm would have that.
1: Also, how lonely would it be if it was just one person? That's that's what we say all the
3: time. You know how many farmers are literally on their own. I mean, absolutely on their own right now. And they're on a tractor going up and down. And all they're thinking is... I'm gonna have zero money. You know, and they've got to put a family at home. They've got a family at home and they have no money. So the suicide rate now among farmers is just it's it's no, there's a greater number of accidents than all other jobs put together on farms. Mm. And the suicide rate now is overtaking vets, I believe. Mm. It's and it's because it's because it's lonely and they aren't being paid. I mean, imagine if. You were, nobody would go to work mm. if they knew they weren't going to get any money,
4: and they were going to be on their own all day
3: long all in their, day with their long. own I mean, thoughts. Is, well, that's
4: a good thing about a farmer, though, isn't it? I mean, I wake up in the morning; it's not work. I mean, it's not. We're it's very a way lucky because
3: we do have there's quite a here. There's quite a bakery. yeah. There's,
4: I mean, you get you know the cameramen, you know the. It's just. The crew is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I get them of all of them. And I've ever since the first time I turned up, you know, I turned up for the first time very like, oh God, what, what's it going to be like? Because I've never experienced television. And you've done it for 40 years. And I turned up going, God, and all of a sudden you go, right, all right, Muppet? You he's like, <sighs> and the cameraman's coming up to you, you know, like, and then you that's it. You're part of the team. You're part but of the family. But then it was
3: like, I mean, last night, was a it was a really surprisingly warm evening for this time of year. And the sun was going down. It was autumn colours. And the, so the main cameraman, Casper, was out and about, he's always out and about yeah, yeah. filming insects and birds and trees. And he was out topping and I was walking the dogs. And we just messed up and you stand around chatting and that's, we're very lucky that we've got that. Because yeah, yeah. if you're just one farmer.
2: If you didn't have that support network, really. It, no well, he, yeah. of
3: course, that's the modern yeah. vernacular. But yeah. but not I wouldn't think of it as a support network. Just but it was friends nice, to talk the, to. Yeah. It, was it was just, and actually your brother normally, was there yeah, as well. Yeah. Normally
4: in a field like that, the farmer would be there on his own all day long. Well, actually, yeah. I was in that field.
2: But this could be... Jeremy, come along. This could be you in 30 years' time.
4: Hopefully, sooner yeah. than 30 years, I'll be... What i would be then? I'd no, be but when 40, the, 50.
2: When the, you know... I'd be still doing it myself. You know, I'd be too stubborn
4: know. to help someone. have someone. But you've
2: still got that passion for it, right? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, my end goal here is to buy a farm. Buy my own farm. You know, and then that is mm. where the dream is. Which, the day I wake up on my own farm, walk up the front door and go, that field there, I'm going to plant Wheat. Not because anyone tells me to, because simply I want to. And then I can go, right, in that barn there this year, we're gonna go and get some pics or get some, you know, and I'm gonna try and make money out of that or go, you know, that is when the dream is complete.
2: And you haven't
3: got this this guy getting in the way.
4: Well, he can be around, but he's just not allowed on my farm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, because I mean you are doing very well because there's an awful lot of people moving at to this neck of the woods from London. Yeah, you I mean, must to be them.
1: very proud of him because actually, that's like you say, all the trappings and the the you know all of that is there on the table, laid out of fame and what that brings and everything else. And actually, to step back from that and say no, and be prepared to do no, that it's, while well, it's, he well, it's sensible
3: because I know he's got the long term. He wants to buy a farm, and actually, I want him to buy a farm almost more than he wants to buy a farm. Um, and I can get someone less argumentative to run this one.
4: No, you still have me here. Oh, I'll, still I need, have you. I'll still I'll still need to work full-time as well as have my you own farm, certainly. you know. Well, you
3: have to pay for your own farm by um, working on somebody else's. But that's what I was saying. There's a lot of people moving out from London and yeah. they've all got 50 acres or 100 acres. Yeah. And they don't really want to farm it, but they do need it looking after. And that's, you know, this... That's what I built a business around. You know, right. built a business around a lot of Londoners moving out
1: here. You're sort of lucky to have each other, though, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God.
3: No, definitely, because I couldn't have done this. I mean,
4: I like farming, but I like the television side of stuff as well. And he teaches me so I mean the television The different you know, i from a very young age, I was like, right, you go on a path, you're walking down a path, you hit an obstacle, you go through the obstacle and get to your next dream or goal. Yeah, well I've done that and I put you know, the obstacle is Well, by my own farm, the obstacle is television come along. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go instead of running away from it, I'll go in, you know, oh Christ, I'm gonna go through that. And I'm very lucky to have you. Don't drop yeah. a tear here because I'm being nice, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> what do all your mates think of it what does everyone think oh, of it I mean, who knows you
4: I don't, what's your brother really, think about it? it doesn't really phase him to be honest my brother i mean brother's just he's younger than me and i've taught him everything so he started exactly the same he just didn't do the whole business side of stuff because i set a business up very young he come and work for the business and help me run the business i say work for the business is a really bad word because actually he you know he's equally as he's exactly like me really but just a little bit quieter um, a, yeah, you know, he's, much, much, yeah, much nicer. but you know, in, term, <laughs> in terms of farming, I taught him everything he, everything he knows now, I taught him, he didn't go to college, didn't really go to school, he'd come out of school and go and look, okay, can I have a job? I said, well, I haven't got one at the minute, but I can try and find you a job, help you find one, so I found him a job, he started on a dairy farm, and then I said, look, I've got a job now, Would you want to come and work for me? And he was like, yeah, okay, so he came along and joined, you know, my contracting business, and then from the very start, he's been there, so therefore, he's part of the furniture now, you know, he's... You know, everything he knows about driving a tractor, spraying, drilling, I taught him. So, you know, that's why this, I'm going to take an apprentice on. And As soon as I have my own farm, it's going to be full of young people. I'll make money somewhere. <laughs> yeah, saving money true. on labour. So. What about it's books? Really you quickly. can make money on books now. Books are good. I mean, the world according to Caleb, I mean, it's going gone so wow. I mean, um, you know, did you see the other are you, day? Jeremy? Are you out you selling Sunday, Sunday, time? Sunday are you Times? you out selling eights? Jeremy? Or? No, I wouldn't want to. Where's Jeremy? I don't want to because on? then, you know, it might upset Take him. It might upset water. him. I don't want that. So, you keep don't me want to get Jeremy. fired. No, it wouldn't <coughs> no, upset no. Me. I wouldn't no get fired. Other tractor <laughs> drivers are him. available. He <laughs> wouldn't fire me. He couldn't <laughs> fire me, actually. I wouldn't. I
3: want. Genuinely, I would like Caleb to buy a farm. And if that means selling a lot more books, best in the world is love to have a number one bestseller always nice you know that one, it went to number one now it's number two fine he's nicking a load of sales off me but but I actually don't need any money from books and he does so it's in some ways it's good that he is getting it yeah, and yeah. If, you know. um, so I was quite what's the fun. top
1: what's the top tip from the world according to Caleb
4: it's not really top tip so I mean there's, it's my view on different things so the thing I like about it yeah so how I how the book you know I was in the tractor going up and down and I went you know what I wouldn't you know I'm famously known for not reading books you know I don't I don't read you know I haven't got time actually to read and um, I went why not just write one instead how hard can it be so I got myself a little recorder so I was in the tractor going up and down and going write my view on London you know when second time I went to London I know so for example the, the idea came so I went to London for the second time after him sending me to sell wasabi. And I was in Mayfair and I remember it's you know, I've got a big fear of big buildings actually. And I think he caused that. Sent me to a place unknown and you know
3: It's called the Shard. Yeah, it's, it's scary.
4: Anyway, no, yeah. like, this was in this was in Mayfair, the idea. So I looked oh. up and I remember seeing a tree on top of a building. And the first the first four that come to my head, you know, around here I can go and a tree out there, you know, it's twenty foot high. It's gonna cut you know, it's gonna take half a day to climb it, cut the limbs off to make the tree healthier. You know, it's half a day's work, and I'm 15 feet in the air. Now, I was there, and the first thing I thought, I was right, I've got to get an elevator, go a 1,000 feet in the air, and then get the, the gear on, climb the 15-foot tree. Therefore, I'll be at 1,015 feet in the air just to prune a tree. That, I, I still that's cannot nuts. get. That it's, is London. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, how you get a tree to grow on top of a building is insane, but, you know, trying to prune
3: it. I want to see this 1,000-foot building in Mayfair. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I don't know. It looked 1,000-foot when I was at the bottom of it.
1: So what can we look forward to in Season 2? What, what are the key sort of takeaways from, from uh, well, Season 2? Well, two, we'd, two?
3: two we'd changed. We, didn't, we still got the sheep, but um, we got some cows, which are much nicer, aren't they? Oh, I love cows. Um, we so... had an
1: argument with cows, didn't we? We're not fans of cows.
3: Well, have you we, we got a, a little bit of
2: land. With some not our cows, but we got we got out, we cows. got a miniature dachshund ginger,
4: and it was causing
2: the who, uh, you know little oh, she's dogs a nightmare. She's took sorry. on the cows. And we had one of the Bellatrix, our, Bellatrix our eldest are on my back,
1: your back, yeah,
2: and running through this field, and they came at us from three Pinsome. different angles. So you're
4: whoa 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 You're blaming the cows. Absolutely, I the story.
2: So go on. Well, we were we were. We were,
3: we were kind of... I mean, they it was very threatening.
1: And, it was so really they scary. Basically, they came at us from three different somebody angles. Know everything. That's somebody
3: fair. said the other day, you stand more chance, I think it was of COVID, a politician said, you stand more chance of being killed by a cow than you do of dying of COVID. So I looked into it. Unbelievably large amount of people are killed by cows, but they're usually ramblers, so it doesn't matter. But, but that's what the problem. We were rambling on our own. We were rambling, if rambling if on our own. It was own your head. field, so it's. <laughs> yeah. But if you walking, if you walk through a field of cows, you've got to accept that they are very, they're very but strong. Want, I mean, they don't yeah. want to hurt you; they just want to. They looked like they wanted to. They How do you stare down
4: a cow? You just gently walk away.
3: Oh no! Wait a minute! Mm. Attack cow, Genghis. Oh yeah,
4: but I mean, she attacked cow. Just, was she was a different breed. The, of,
3: that was an, She was horrible. She was horrible. Is she still around? No. No. Genghis, I think... Genghis had to go. Genghis was properly annoying. So she's not called a cow now, she's called Genghis. Well, so she was a tat cow or Genghis, or sometimes Chris Bonington. So it's the... Uh, is that cruelty. You can't even put danger bull in field, because if the bull then attacks somebody, what you're doing is, by your, if you've written danger, you're accepting you knew it was dangerous to put a bull in the field, and therefore you're liable. So all you can write is bull in field and then let people... Make, you know, their, own make, it, right, make yeah. their own minds up. Make their own minds So all of that, bull in field, no red trousers. Which so was, you put bull in field, enjoy. <laughs> enjoy, <laughs> yeah. Presumably
2: that's okay. No, because that's encouraging. Because
3: <laughs> we had one the other day, that woman who put a croc into a... You, you lift a gate post out when you've got double gates so that you can open both of them get attracted to a kit. Took it out, and we were in and out all day long, and she was trespassing on the mm. farm somehow put her foot into this hole and then bruised her leg. I'm suing you. And there's nothing you can do. So, but we were in and out, and then you should have put the thing back in. So yeah, it's, um, it's a constant frustration, that sort of thing, isn't it? But anyway, we got cows for, um, for season two. I wanted to ask a question about
2: talking about tractors and, and automobiles, <laughs> going back to the petrol heads. If you... And we're going to take tractors out of this. So any car rest of your life
1: that's just, not
2: fair to Caleb you've got to no 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 thing. I think it is what what, what would what would it be for the rest of your life you had to pick a car what would
3: um, it be uh, I oh. actually chose for my 60th birthday because I couldn't have a party I bought myself a Bentley for my 60th birthday present to myself and my grandfather did this well he always had Bentleys and so I thought and he always used to say this will see me out this one and he lived quite a long time so he kept having to buy another one but in my mind, that'll see me out, the Bentley. And what is it? Which Bentley is it? It's a Spur, right. flying Spur, which is... I mean, and the most annoying thing is I was really pleased with it and it came and it's a it's a lovely car and I, I like Bentleys. And then I opened the newspaper the next day and Prince Andrew's got one. <laughs> and i am going to the be honest, it on takes up. some of the sheen off. <laughs> yeah. And then I was thinking, oh, Christ, the only person I know who's got one of these cars, yeah. is, well, I don't know him, but, you know, it's Prince Andrew. And then... Turn on Reacher, you know, the new Reacher programme that so Amazon's putting out. Mm. He's got one, so i like, oh, great, no, Jack Reacher's right, got a better That evens thing. it out. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Mm. That evens it out. I don't know what yeah. I would go for. Nissan.
4: Nissan, probably it's a Skydiver or something, or an Evo. Or, you know, basically, my cars that I like are the ones out in the 2000s. You know, like right. the Evos, the Subarus. So, probably. You know. boy, I mean, I've got a Nissan, free. yeah, I've got a Nissan. Like an Impreza kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I want, you know, I wouldn't want to race them around. I want to buy them, put them in a barn, and then when I'm old enough, I can go, right, here you go, Oscar,
3: have well, also, them, They'll probably where sell them do you all go, go where, If them. you're
1: not going to go beyond Chipping Norton, what are you going to do with them?
3: Well, it's a perfect place for them, actually, the Evos and... Radio. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean now, there's, it's just
4: fun you can have around the
3: back We've just filmed, um, well, not which we has shown the Scandi flick where we had an Evo 8 and a Subaru Impreza and I had an Audi and he said, oh, God, please, can you bring them back in one piece? Well, obviously, James may smash the Evo out of... <laughs> yeah, You put a comment up and I
4: said, oh, please, can you bring the Evo and the Subaru? I'll buy them. Richard Hammond's bought the Subaru. And then James...
3: And James has ruined the... And he don't want my Audi. What I mean,
1: What do they think of this farm project?
3: Um, James won't have watched it. Well, he will, but he won't admit to it. He says that farming is just big gardening. That really annoys me. It. <laughs> <That> annoys me. <laughs> but I'm not interested in anything he does. He's interested in light aircraft and motorcycling. Um... I think Hammond Hammond's was very funny because, I mean, Hammond is very funny, but he said, because um, it was very successful, the farm show, when it went out, which nobody was expecting. I wasn't, nobody was. Hammond's, nobody was expecting it to be successful. And Richard Hammond said it was a nightmare walking around with everyone going, oh, God, have you seen Clarkson's farm? It's really good. And yes, I am. Said, I was really <laughs> pleased for him, <laughs> completely. I'm so happy for him. <laughs>
1: did you really not think it was going to be a hit you know yeah but you know how to make television shows you know what connects with
3: people no 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 I didn't think this I thought it would serve a gentle disappointment to an army of petrol heads you know I've done really car shows mostly all of my life and I just thought this is so completely different you're going to get a petrol head audience you're going to tune in thinking oh it's Jeremy Clarkson it'll be tractor racing and everything will blow up and then he'll say something inappropriate and then Talk, they'll get halfway through programme one and go. What this all about? You know, he's just going up and down in a tractor at eleven miles an hour, not even that, eleven oh, kilometres yeah, an hour. Yeah. And and of course, it just went. And when you it it. Is
1: it the chemistry of people on screen? What is this? What would you yeah. put the success down to?
3: I mean, obviously, he was a what they call a breakout star, which is quite good. Gerald I mean, the, the cast was great. Yeah. It can't be the chemistry because nobody has chemistry in the first. You just that's not That's one of the funniest things I watched television companies try to do that. And they got a new group of people and they put them together and go, Have chemistry. <laughs> you, can't. you can't. It chemistry comes with time. That's what happened on Top Gear, because we had uh, the three of us, nobody really watched us when we first started. So we could develop chemistry over mm-hmm. time and no one was watching. Then Richard Hammond went upside down first time. Went upside down a lot. The first time and he knocked his head off nearly. <laughs> Then everyone started tuning in, mm. by which time we'd already become a fully formed trio. It's, so like, the Be-
1: it's like the Beatles at the Cavern Club.
3: Well, that they'd been in Hamburg, you mean. Mm. In
1: Hamburg, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yes, exactly. 10, they were 10, able to form hours. themselves into yeah. a
3: band and practice their art away from Britain. Mm. Yeah. <coughs> exactly that. So we'd done that. And then Hammond went upside down, which I thought was taking on for the team on a really big <laughs> well, scale. <so> <coughs> and he made it very, very popular as a result. It's the same. We say, well, I don't think it's really the chemistry. I think it's there. That it'll come, that comes with time. I think, honestly, I think lot, we were the first to come out with a programme that featured COVID, which, mm. because we kept filming through it. Mm. I think people didn't th- know they were interested in farming. I think a lot of people suddenly thought, and particularly just after COVID, when a lot of people had moved to the countryside, and then suddenly there was a programme on kind of how the countryside worked, and they thought, I always wondered where those lines were in fields, and I often wondered, you know, and then the sheep were obviously mm-hmm. awful to own, great television. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like, that. I mean, the cows have been the other way around, actually, haven't they? Easy to own, quite boring television in some ways. I
4: don't know, I think they've been, I mean... They've oh, no,
3: they escaped on day one. Actually, they did escape yeah, a lot, didn't
4: they? Yeah, they've, they've escaped quite a bit. I got an ice cream when they escaped last time.
3: You did? That was a great one. Well, somebody came, knocked on the door I said, your cows are on the road. Did you call uh, me up? Well, this I called him, couldn't get through. Oh, bloody hell. And it was dark, 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 late, 11 yeah, o'clock at night yeah. or something. So I went down and they were indeed in the middle of the road. And all I had with me was Lisa's youngest daughter. You wouldn't... She's not a no, natural no. cow herding no. person. She belongs fun. in Lon- London. No, she's very much, you know, <laughs> London. So we managed to... It's kind of put the car in the middle of the road. It's hazard warning lights on, like if somebody's kind of God say, slow down because you won't see the cows yeah. and all that. And then you look and think, how I can't, I couldn't find the hole in the hedge through which they'd escaped. Mm. So I thought, I'm going to have to walk them down the road all the way up the drive. It's a good mile, isn't yeah. it? Back into that gate up there, get them back in yeah. their field. Then I'm going to have to go down to find how they've got out and then repair that. And I couldn't. And cars were coming and the road was stopping and one of the cars was an ice cream van. <laughs> so while I was just standing there, the man just went, you want an ice cream? I was yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> so we stood, then you turned up and he got an ice cream. And then I went, right, go that way. Oh, I'm well, to bed, love. I finished at like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs>
4: yeah. While he slept.
1: What's Jeremy done for farming? Someone wrote that he had done something like what was it for uh, i don't know 30 years of country file have basically been told in he's done more for farming than
4: 30 years of country file in a year he put his helped put farming on a map
3: yeah because i don't think anybody realized just how difficult it was i don't think anybody realized he got 144 quid 50p he didn't day. make the map but he helped it he helped it <laughs> helped show it to the world yeah no, i mean that's yeah
4: that's
1: worth having
3: Well, it was, because I I mean, Countryfile, it's much better now than it was. I I like to think, actually, we've altered Countryfile, because there was one item they were showing a few years ago where they'd got this hippie woman, you know, hairy armpits, the whole nine yards, and um, she'd taken the presenter into a wood, which presumably was trespassing, I imagine, and then she said, right, now lay under a tree and hum. Can you feel the energy? And this presenter was going, yeah, no, I can. I said, no, you can't because you can't feel the energy. It's stupid. There is no energy. And then, and they lay there humming and I just thought, this is primetime television and it's supposed to be out that countryside. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Anyway, they sort of stopped doing that and Adam Henson's got a lot more because he's great, I think, Adam, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's good. So, you know, I think he's helped. Well, but he's stuck And, this, this, script, and also it? this Farming Life on BBC2, that's also really good. That's really good. I mean, there's really some bad good. farming programmes out there. Hmm?
4: There's some bad farming programs out there. Yeah,
3: no, there's been one or two, but this farming life's good. But so I life's, life's it's good. It's, it's getting some traction now on television. And I like to think we were a little I bit think it's,
4: well, I think it's one of the most important things out there. I mean, without farmers, you're not going to eat.
1: I so don't I want, think people realise that until they watch your program. I, mean, I want to know where my I don't food think they realise where farming fitted yeah. into their own world.
4: Yeah.
3: I think a lot of people think farming is either, and I like Kate Humble, This is not a criticism of Kate in any way, you know, there's scenes of her with a little baby lamb and fresh straw, you know.
4: It's not always like which that.
3: Which is, no, no, it's not. And so people thought that's, some people thought that's farming. And then the only other sort of farming you ever saw was on the news when they'd smuggle cameras into an American... Yeah, beef farm or uh, Beef mm. farm, and they're all cows are all like this, yep. or the pigs or whatever. And they didn't realise that actually most farming in the world, and certainly 99% mm. of it here, it's sort of in between Kate humble and American factory farming
2: but' that's, from your background being so different there 's almost an integrity to coming in and you when you talk about the topsoil issues with the topsoil and I know you were talking the other day about you know, birds and you know the, the environment in general, people are going, well, this is a guy come is a petrol head, really, and now he 's talking about the issues in the environment, and in some ways that 's got more integrity than. It
3: almost like oh, because you, I wouldn't, don't you, really you know. wouldn't need to talk. I mean, I've always liked
4: birds, i i can yeah, hanging on about Twitch, birds, right. so um, it annoys me. <laughs> what is does
3: it annoy you? He's <laughs> just all he talks about is birds. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. yeah. how do I monetize that finch? You can't, <laughs> not unless you're French, <laughs> no, so you no, can't I'm monetize thinking, it. How
4: can I make money off that? Yeah,
3: finch? I saw a great um, uh, just a shrike the other day, a great grey shrike. i help the end. Um, well, I was so excited. Nobody else could seem bothered about it. But um, well, I
4: like birds. Don't get me wrong. But there's a point where, like, I'm in work mode and trying to earn money mode, and yeah, then he's come along. going flu is
3: really. Look at that. When was the last looting. time you saw a kite?
4: Oh, yesterday.
3: No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I was I on a chatty
4: yesterday, and I see it when we was picking the worms out the ground.
3: Pigeons, on well, the other hand, pigeons are immune to bird flu. How? They just are. They're like the rats of the sky. <laughs> they are the rats of the sky. Pigeons are immune. To bird flu. Who knew?
1: Is that actually real?
3: Yeah, that's true. I've been—I was researching bird flu last week because I am. It's terrifying what it's yeah, doing. Yeah, quite. I mean, it is not just a poultry thing. You mean you won't be having a turkey this Christmas? Uh, no
4: turkeys, uh, turkeys. No. Right. Well, turkeys are the main carrier, actually.
3: Turkeys—you will—you will not be having turkey. Old goose, actually, realistically.
1: No. So, how big Shit. a problem do you think it will be? Bird flu. <laughs> yeah.
3: Not will be. It is. is absolutely massive. There's, in America now, there's one. Well, like in Florida, 99 percent of all the birds are dead. And if you go to the beaches of Britain, they are carpeted with dead seabirds. This is another beach. big problem
4: as well, especially the year we're in autumn now. Yeah, this time of year, now farmers normally get out there, cultivate their land, plough, you know, which brings all the seagulls. They were here. They're here eating. All you the, know, and then of course they're normally a carrier of this bird flu, so therefore they're bringing it from the coastal side inland. And then it's just spreading like it was like, well, like COVID, isn't it, for birds?
3: I'm str- i shoot, you know, pheasant game shooting, and I'm struggling morally to do it this year because you think if I shoot a pheasant and I don't pick it, and then a, a kite, for example, mm. something that eats carrion comes along and eats yeah. that pheasant, you—you're you, not helping, put it like that. Mm. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's wiping. It. There are some yeah. bird species. I've turned down high. all the shooting dates I've got this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a few, but
0: not. not Busy as I'm not shooting. Signing. We're
3: not <laughs> shooting here. Buy that farm. Birds yeah. I just thought, well, A, it's very difficult to get because of Brexit. You can't get yeah. the birds. And B, I just think, I don't want to contribute to them because we're wiping out. I, I don't think you'll see a gannet after this ever again or a skewer ever again or an all ever again. I mean, there's so many birds you won't see ever again. They're just being killed. All of them are being killed. It's, it's, it's terrifying. Guess, yeah terrifying.
1: Why isn't it a bigger story in the news?
3: Uh, because there's quite a few other stories that are even bigger. <laughs> you know, PM. when you've got war, <laughs> runaway inflation, the sixth biggest economy being battered around by incompetence, you know, you've just got... Big stories. Big <laughs> stories yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Somebody comes along and says, you see how many dead seagulls there are? Everyone goes, you yeah, know, right, it's not very interesting.
4: Let's hope it's not a watch this space thing.
3: Well, if it mutates, it will do. Yeah. I
4: mean, the majority of farmers haven't been told to shut their chickens up, but they are. We have. Yeah, every farmer I know is one. But okay, we've sure. seen this coming, and there would before the government go, right? Everyone shut your chickens up. It's a law now. You know, if you, if you see your chickens out, we're going to get fined. Well, actually, farmers have already done that now before they've even been told to. Well, ours have been locked up for two months, don't. We? Yeah, Just
1: we should have locked ours yeah. up during COVID. Don't
2: go onto the. Are they all dead? Ah. <laughs> oh.
1: I got very attached wasn't, to them. It
2: wasn't the bird flea that got them.
1: No.
3: Fox. <laughs> yeah. Mm.
4: Not us. Awesome. You should have went around yeah. peeing around the outside. Oh. Right,
1: yeah, well, I sort self. of did
4: try that.
3: but <laughs> Did you? It also, <laughs> yeah, it didn't it work. didn't but... work here either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's
1: sad, actually, because you get it, quite attached well, to, to chickens. The not really uh, quite, They, they actually, are wicked, aren't they? I mean, in yeah. my book,
4: chickens got a massive part of my book. Yeah. They're wicked. I mean, I started my business with chickens, so I have a great love for chickens. But it gets to the point where, you know, I mean, they're brutal. Chicken you thought
1: I was duck. so stupid getting to How many to did the fox get? All
4: Five, of them. F-
2: no, no. We have four. No, we've got one. Oh, no, no. One, one one no
1: Maureen was okay. Yeah. Did you survived. eat that one? Maureen Maureen. No, we holiday. had to transport Maureen to a friend's house, also on the Isle of Wight. Um with the whole premise that the others had gone on an earlier vehicle so that when our daughter woke up, she was like, oh, really? why have they all disappeared? We were like, well, no, this one stayed to say goodbye to you before before you went off to New Zealand. <laughs> this whole <laughs> big storyline
2: i running it. around the fun garden trying to pick up all these feathers and this is oh, decimation. No, no, oh, it's no, we did horrendous. exactly the
3: same thing. I can't remember whether it was rabbits or guinea pigs, but broadly the same when my children were very little. And we came back from being away somewhere. Oh, God, to go and see the I think it was guinea pigs. I've to see the guinea pigs off. They went to see Fluffy and Snowy and whatever they were all called. Daddy, daddy, they've gone. And the cage okay, completely empty. And I thought, well, I know what's happened, but I won't say that. So I said, um, what's happened is they've just decided, they loved you very much, but they've met a load of friends and they've gone down to live in a stream with voles and all the, you know, the little yeah. animals and they're having a great time. And, oh, they're happy. Oh, yeah, they will be happy. They miss you, but... yeah. And and the next morning I was walking around and I found half of one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> and then thought, oh, God. So I had to get everyone over. And we combed the garden with a foot. Because if, if they find mm. half yeah. a guinea pig, my story is going to be... I haven't got extract. to that point
4: yet, but if Oscar ever... I mean, he comes out and points at the pigs and I'm like, yeah, they will one day be in our freezer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. But guinea gonna, guinea yeah. pigs. Well, you can actually. They eat well, them in... My happening
1: Not happening. We ended up with a conversation which was, and there are chickens for eating, and then there are other chickens. So you've mm. got your chickens here that are the chickens that you have in your garden. And they make that our you eggs. Can play with, and they make our eggs, and you go and collect them every morning and, and clean food. out and everything else. Yeah. And then the other chickens are the ones that end <laughs> up on to the work table. For... Yeah, but she's savvier than that, isn't she? Because she's currently a vegetarian. Is this,
3: this was, yeah. oh, God. This how was how a couple old? of years ago. Six. How she arrived at that decision? I think
1: it's school.
2: What I they're teaching school. vegetarian?
1: No, I think they just all talk about it at on, school.
2: She's vegetarian for a couple
3: of weeks and then and then sees she goes a, back on sausage sausages or a hot dog and, and
1: then she changes yeah. her mind and she's yeah. like, she's like,
3: yeah, yeah. Terrifying, Mandy. You, you're vegetalism in your family. Yeah, my other half. Yeah, no,
4: my other half's, um, family are all vegans. Really? Mm. Wow. I mean, wow. What's that, that like the around reason... the Sunday
1: lunch table? Oh,
4: I just go and take a steak. Like, <laughs> I'm not eating cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they to they cooked me this gammon which is like a corn gammon oh it's not it, it was vile <laughs> it was like chewing paper honestly um, but no they I mean they would they've actually become vegans because their dad so my my other half's mum's dad used to be a farmer and you know he was a beef farmer and um, but he was very much if it was a bit of roadkill on the side we're having that for dinner later you know we're, and I think they grew up seeing that and I was like we don't want We don't want, and then now it's become this. I mean, they would before it's become this popular thing to become vegan. You know, they were that before then. You know, because of the reason they didn't want to eat that thing that's been hit by a car. (laughs) uh, You know, the squirrel that he shot this morning. In the the morning, we're gonna have that for dinner. Um, But um, I mean, they understand that I'm I'm a farmer and that's what I do. I mean, they come up and go, "Um, "What are you doing with the pigs, Caleb?" But I'm like, "Well, you know, um, you know, yeah." And then they just look at me funny and walk off. You know, and then. We don't talk about it then.
1: So, guys, based on the fact that this is called Performance People, this podcast, and you two are very much performance people in your own ways, um, top tip for people every day, a performance tip that they could
4: say to yourself how they could be better. Say to yourself in your head continuously, dreams don't work unless
3: you do. That's what I do. Sounds like an Instagram inspirational quote. Right? I always say it. I just say make people laugh. I said dreams. It's the most isn't... important thing in life.
4: Well, laugh. Have a good laugh along the way, but dreams don't work unless you do. I mean, people can soon, soon lose motivation. No, but I've so.
3: never had ambition because ambition is the most stupid thing. I'll tell you why. How do you mean? I've always ambition. You will either, if you have an ambition, a goal, like right, I have ambition, you either achieve that goal, in which case, so what? Well, then what are you going to do? And set another goal. Or you don't, in which case your life is full of disappointment. So it's either going to be empty or disappointing. I've never had a single ambition in my life, ever, and I haven't got one now.
1: What, what about to be a different different farmer? Yeah, what? What about to be a farmer? That
3: wasn't an ambition. I was contractually obliged by my uh, by contract, obviously, to make a solo television programme. And I know Amazon wanted me to go jet skiing out of helicopters on mountains. And... um I just thought, no, I don't want to go through Terminal 5. And I'd met him and I'd met Gerald and I thought, I reckon there's a TV show in farming. I don't have to go anywhere. That wasn't an ambition. It was, and I'd already decided I wanted to get more involved in the farm. I just thought, well, let's do a show about that.
2: But, brilliant. Where does it, if you haven't got the, the ambition, where's the motivation come from?
3: It's just that you know that's the journey oh, well, you're I'd on. Well, i i busy. Well, clearly, but... No, I've got nine, well, not 10 jobs now, because I've got the brewery, who wants to be a millionaire, grand tour, three newspaper columns a week, the farm, the farm show, and, oh, you're two. I said, who wants to be a millionaire? Probably not. Anyway, yeah. I got 10 sort of, what would, most people would call full-time jobs, which I enjoy. But if you, oh, take I the far- if you take the farm,
2: what's the... Where do you go with the farm? If you you know got...
3: Some, you must have some goals, some targets. I would quite like to make it profitable by the time the gov- government subsidies have right. disappeared. But it's not really an ambition. It's, it's just, I find it editorially interesting. What it is, Fair it's enough. a newspaper column, ultimately. <laughs> it is. It's, it, that's all I ever think of in terms of it's so it's newspaper columns. Evolving. I'm sitting here now, you're interviewing me, I'm thinking, is there a column in this? That's all I ever do. Um, there's always a column in something. There's a column in him on his phone. Look, while he's supposed to be filming it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a column everywhere. Can I? David Cameron broke my tractor the other day. That's a column.
1: That's a headline.
3: <laughs> yeah, <is> a headline. <laughs> he did that. How did that He just borrowed it to go and mow his paddock, and then never lend a tractor to an MP. Never. <laughs> he's not an MP. Wow, well, you know. People a former them. prime minister. People wear
4: them trousers.
3: Red trousers. Yeah. Yes, I don't think he'd wear red trousers. How? Did he do much damage? Yeah, now. Blown the engine. Two he blew red. the engine up on a tractor.
2: Yeah. yeah. 1961.
3: How the hell tractor.
2: do
3: you do that? <laughs> no, think what that tractor's been through and its I Think what it's seen. You know, it's, it's ploughed field all day. <laughs> it never thought it would be ended lap, that you way. Know, a month on end. And then all years.
4: of a sudden, David Cameron jumps on it and it goes. 200 you know what? Yards.
2: Bang. Two hundred yards. Yeah. So DC is destruction and catastrophe.
3: Yeah. I honestly <laughs> thought you'd been hit by a heat-seeking missile. <laughs> there was so much smoke. Unbelievable amount of smoke.
1: So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a second. So what are you two both doing for the rest of the day?
3: I'm going to Write the voiceover script for programs. And I will and open the
4: door for two. you and put you back into that kitchen.
3: And then lock it so I can't get out again. <laughs> yes. He likes it when he, he when I'm in their farmyard. Haven't you got a newspaper column to write? I haven't today. I wrote one yesterday. Done it.
4: I'm going to go and jump on a tractor and think, of more ways I can make money."
3: Very Perfect. good.
2: So we're here in the barn in Clarkson's farm. Takeaways? The, yeah. Well, for me, I I can believe Jeremy, you know, for everything he's done and achieved. He doesn't believe in in ambition or goals, which I found really astounding. But he clearly makes it work. He, you know, it evolves and he makes it happen and makes a lot happen. So, however he's doing it, he's doing it bloody well.
1: Yeah, he's also got 10 jobs. As he mm. as he said, yeah. not dissimilar to you.
2: You're right? Um, how about you?
1: What about
2: me? What about you?
1: With regards to Caleb, um, I mean, my biggest takeaway from Caleb is just how enterprising he is, but mm. also how enterprising he always was. The idea of him getting chickens at thirteen and then selling the eggs. How many 13-year-olds do we know that are that applied and that enterprising and that entrepreneurial at that age? Not many. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's, going for it, isn't he? Yeah, but he's He's going to be an amazing role model. He's definitely got a goal. For the younger kids, he's going to be an incredible role model.
2: And he's got this goal, he wants his own farm, and that's what he's striving for, which is great.
1: Uh, Thank you for watching or listening. Uh, We are Ben and George Yamesley, and this has been Performance People. And remember from what we've learned today, dreams won't work unless you do.